0: Hello, everyone. This is Fahim Jackson, and this is episode 95 of my podcast show, In the Know. This podcast is aimed at trying to guide people through the world with a variety of topics. I am also using this platform to ask questions and try my best to answer these questions with the viewpoints of the world around me. The following is an introduction speech into the topic of today. And that introduction speech is regarding how God put everything in its place. In the Bible, we always hear about the beginning of time, and that is how God put everything in its place, the way he created the heavens and then the earths. But let me ask you something. Have you ever wondered how God put the world in its place? Because if you just read the biblical version, it just sounds like God just dropped everything in place, and that's the way it is. Okay, okay. The Bible does say he created the earth in seven days. So what happened in the hours of the days he was creating earth? What are some of the methods God used to ensure that the earth would be created with the utmost care? How did he first mold the earth? Where did grass come from? Where did the animals come from and sea life? What made him create man through his own likeness? These are just a few of the questions that people just want to know when it comes to the earth being created by God. That's just the earth we inhabit. What about the heavens above? The God that created the earth must have absolutely created the solar system we study and the rest of our universe. So let's go into the episode and try understanding this topic a little further. And that is, how did God put everything in its place? The Bible speaks in the very beginning known as Genesis, that in the beginning, God made his first creation. He kept working over the course of the week and finished the earth in seven days. This is an interesting concept that that God put the world together. Because so many people who hear this story have a lot of opinions regarding this beginning of the earth. Like, for instance, the scientific community, which I will be discussing later on in the episode. They have some choice words. For this so-called God being creator of everything. The masses who truly believe in God will always believe that God is the creator. To me, I look at the earth as more than just a seven-day creation. The beauty of our natural world had to have absolutely taken longer than seven days. But let's say for the sake of the episode, I am convinced of a divine creator. Then if this is the case, I'll have to go through the appropriate steps to understand how God must have created the earth. What are those steps? Well, the steps are as follows. God created light, then the sky, followed by lands and seas. Next came creatures of the earth, I mean creatures of the sky and sea, then creatures to inhabit the lands, and lastly, God rested on that seventh day. So with that said, on his first day, God created light. Let there be light. And God said, on this day, there was light. And just how did God create light? Where did all this light come from? Because the Big Bang Theory says something similar about a spontaneous explosion creating the universe. Now, the Big Bang is a lot younger than Genesis in the Bible. So what are the odds that the Bible has similar writing as the beginning of time? Especially since the science community and religious community have had a history of conflict over the past few thousand years. Now, in the Bible, words have meanings that are more literal and figurative. Like the idea of having light in life means something holy, kind, wisdom, having form, graceful and knowledge. God knew to make a clear distinction between the light and dark. Separating the light from darkness, God called the light day and darkness night. He also created the mornings and the evenings. So from here... We have to move on to the next steps in the creation of earth. Because with light, there was still nothing. But God had to create earth now, since the episode is more focused on earth. And what did God do? On his second day, he created the skies. The sky above, on the second of God's day of creation, was just that. What is so special about creating the sky? Well, for starters, it is God constructing the earth from the outside moving in. From the heavens entering earth, the sky is the first line of separation between the sky and the heavens. This is also the first layer of oxen for life to breathe as well. The sky is from which the weather experienced on a finished earth will fall. The life that flies through the sky will spend a great deal of time in this environment. Now, as for life on the grounds, They would not be able to sustain from the sky. Why? Well, they are naturally built to breathe on the ground, so they would need some form of assistance in the air. Only humans are capable of manipulating this process. But we will get into the human phase later. For now, God, on this third day, created the lands and seas. The lands, the seas. Here is the third day of God's creation. That is the lands and seas in which creatures will inhabit. The lands are important because they will be where wildlife exists, but also the place from which man will build our civilization. The sea creatures will need the waters, especially for ones which will never see the surface of the earth. And since we know why the land and the sea is important, why would God have a need to create these habitats? Well, it has a lot to do with what God set down to create on the fifth day, but let's focus on the fourth day right now. That fourth day, as I don't think I previously spoke about this in the introduction, but that is the sun, the moon, the stars. Look into the sky and see the moon at night, along with the beauty of the stars and the sky. Then, when day breaks, you look into the sky and you see the sun. Let's start with the sun. The sun serves as more than just a bright image in the sky. It is placed there to continuously aid in the life that will be on earth. It is a clear separation from day and night. Also, the sun symbolizes power and strength, as well as the ability to thrive and grow. Now as for the moon and stars, the moon is seen as divine, and the stars are points of light in the sky during darkness. Let's move on to the the creatures of the sky and sea. Here's where life on the planet comes into play. All the creatures on the earth will exist in the sea and the sky are created on this day. Interestingly enough, sea life serves as food for the animals of the sky. Because at this point, there is land for them to ascend, but nothing for them to consume. Which means they will have to fly for the day until God decides to create the rest of the creatures for them to do so. Just think about it. How crazy would it be for God to create birds in flight and the land? Then as they descend to the ground, they are just existing with nothing else around. What that could mean is sky creatures being able to move about without fear of predators. And that will lead into the next day of God's creation, which is creatures that inhabit the lands. Here are the creatures of the lands. As this sixth day comes about, now here comes the creatures of the lands, and that is the animals, but also man. Land creatures will serve as food for each other and the meals for our consumption as people. But ask yourself a question. Why would man come last? But also, why would the other creatures of the lands appear with the man instead of before? Well, creating creatures of the lands, and not humans when humans are creatures of the land, is kind of productive. Also, putting humans and other creatures on the land together on the same day means there's a relationship between humans and other creatures that speaks to a certain usefulness. We have a commensalistic relationship as people and creatures of the earth. You can even, to an extent, through the animals of the sky and seas, see it that same way. Because the Bible speaks of giving man domain over the sky and seas, giving us the plants that also come along with the lands that God created as well. Then this leads us to the last day of the week, which is Sunday. The day he rested. Here's the place where he took that rest on this seventh day. and This is why the Bible considers the last day of the week a holy day. You have to understand that there's a significance in God taking a rest, especially with Sunday being a resting day of no work and to be spent worshiping God. I also find it interesting that God had to rest after doing so much because God is all-powerful. Does he truly need a rest? Because after all, the all-seeing being needs a rest that just doesn't sound rational. But then again, him creating the earth in seven days is a little far-fetched for a lot of people as well. So with that said, how does science view all of this? As we all know, the scientific theories surrounding how earth was created are a far cry from the biblical account because the closest thing to science is to let there be light. The initial explosion of Earth is in alignment with the Big Bang. But when you hear about the Earth being created in six days and God resting on the seventh, it's too many officialized account of the beginning. I mean, think about the natural world, the wonders of the world, the Grand Canyon, the Rocky Mountains, the island of Hawaii, which are nature creatures, natural creatures, creations. A process that took millions of years, that is, sho- that is shoehorned into seven days. This is okay if the Bible was viewed as folklore. Only thing is that the Bible is actually believed to be the words of God and other chosen religious figures. So in the scientific community, they see this as an insult to their work and their findings. Me, I'm not as offended as they are. But then again, my life work is not minimized. Is God still shifting the earth? The world is still moving around and shifting. Could this mean that God's work is still not complete? But will it ever be such a thing as a complete world? Because all great things must eventually come to an end. Here's where the Bible and science both agree again. There is an Alpha and Omega to everything in le- everything living. No matter if you're religious and believe in Armageddon, or if you're scientific mind frame where the sun will envelop the earth eventually. We can all agree that that earth will eventually cease to exist. Chances are, those of you listening will not experience this because we will be long gone. Yet we still have to be open to the interpretations, even if we don't agree. The Bible is no exception. But for the sake of this episode, let's assume God's end is the final end. Then yes, we're being shifted and we will know the final placement of everything as well as our end. And with this end statement, we have to understand why God put everything in his place. For all you are fundamentalists, you believe in the story of God creating the earth in seven days. Now the side of scientists, they will observe the situation and have some choice words for the people who believe in these viewpoints. But this episode is focused on the fundamentalist view of God creating the earth in seven days. And our world in its majestic glory is difficult to fathom that it only took this time period. Yet, if God is who he is, then it absolutely could have taken that amount of time. Because an all-seeing being is more than capable of creating a world in this time frame. We don't have a time frame for the universe, but we can assume that it applies the same for that as well. So, thanks for listening to In the Know. I'll be bringing you another episode regarding religion. The topic this time will be asking the question, Who created the devil?